would like to welcome you to the merry month of May <laughs> and another edition of The Jazz Show right here on CITR-FM 101.9 or, of course, on your computer for live streaming, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and before we start, I would like to wish all of my Muslim friends Ramadan Mubarak. And uh, there's so many uh, musicians of, uh, especially African-American musicians um, of uh, Muslim uh, persuasion. And uh, over the years, some, some great uh, players, Yusef Latif, uh, McCoy Tyner, uh, Dollar Brand, of course, uh, who became Abdullah Ibrahim, and, uh, and so many others, including our jazz feature artist this evening, uh, who, who didn't use his Muslim name, but uh, his name was Abdullah Ibn Buhena. And, of course, most of us know him as Art Blakey. And, of course, he had a nickname, too, um, derived from his Muslim name, and his friends called him Boo. <laughs> Anyway, Art Blakey, he is our jazz feature artist this evening, and as usual, our jazz feature will be the first thing that we're going to hear. This is um, the month of May. We will be featuring drummer leaders, and Art Blakey, of course, uh, right up there on the list as one of the most prominent drummer leaders. Uh, we, we can't include them all. There, there's a lot of them out there. But uh, I've selected four for the four Mondays um, of May to feature. And the first one is this evening, and it is the great drummer, Art Blakey. Art Blakey led the Jazz Messengers from 1954 right up until his death on October 16, 1990. Died of lung cancer, sad to say. Blakey, prior to 1954, led bands that he occasionally called the Jazz Messengers, but it really was kind of unofficial, although in the late 40s, he led a band of um, mostly um, musicians that had converted to Islam. This was very interesting, and, and it was a 17-piece band, and a couple of uh, very close friends of mine were actually in that band. One of them was uh, Musa Kalim, wonderful saxophone player and um, flute player, and um, he played every saxophone very well uh, and flute. Um, and he was telling me about being in that band, and uh, it didn't last long. They couldn't find too many gigs and that sort of thing, but uh, Blakey had... Um, decided that uh, this is uh, what he wanted at the time. And um, Musa said it was a very interesting big band. He said it was a little ragged because uh, we didn't have a lot of rehearsal time and, and very few gigs to really develop the music. But he said it, it's too bad that the original 17-piece band was never recorded, uh, although a small eight-piece contingent uh, went into the recording studio. We'll have to play those recordings sometime down the road. But uh, we're going to get to our uh, present jazz feature this evening. So, as I said before, Blakey, uh, the, the the name Jazz Messengers actually goes way back to that big band in 1947. But it didn't become official 
until 1954 uh, with what became um, very well known as the first edition of The Jazz Messengers. And they recorded for Blue Note Records and, uh, of course, um, went on. And there were so many um, editions of The Jazz Messengers after that. And just about so many musicians, uh, practically a whole history of modern jazz passed through the jazz messengers because the personnel over the years changed and, and so on. I, I could, um, if I had a list of all the musicians that played in the jazz messengers, I probably would be talking for the next hour or so, uh, just naming off people. But um, Blakey was kind of a father figure, and, and he demanded... Um, he wanted uh, to hire um, basically young musicians at the time, and he wanted them to play their asses off and contribute to the repertoire. That's basically what, what he wanted. And, uh, you know, over the years, he did have his favorite edition of the Jazz Messengers. But what he would tell people, because th that was a question that, well, I asked him once, and, and, and he kind of told me <laughs> who, which band was his favorite. But the thing is, publicly, if someone would ask him from the floor, who, what's your favorite edition of the Jazz Messengers? He would say, the one that you just finished listening to, the one you finished listening to tonight, that's my favorite. And uh, <laughs> he never deviated from that, of course. This particular band was a favorite of Art Blakey's, and uh, the band we're going to hear this evening. This is a live recording. It was done at one of the most prestigious and most famous jazz clubs in the world. And it was located in San Francisco, and it was the Keystone Corner, and it was run by the redoubtable Todd Barkin, who is still very much alive and very much active. He actually... Uh, he's getting on in years, but he opened a brand new club in Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, uh, another sort of version of the Keystone Corner. Anyway, this date took place in January of 1982, and what was special about this band was that it contained the two Marcellus brothers, the two most famous Marcellus brothers, Winton Marcellus and his saxophone-playing older brother by one year, Branford. And this is the only recording of them with the Jazz Messengers. And so this kind of makes it a very special recording. And, and of course, not just because the two brothers are playing together. This is a great recording. And... The rest of the band, we have uh, Winton Marcellus on, uh, on trumpet, of course. And Brother Branford is not playing. He's well-known as a soprano saxophonist and a tenor saxophonist. But like most saxophone players, he started out on the E-flat alto saxophone. And uh, he hadn't touched the horn for a long time. And what happened in this band was that the regular alto saxophonist, Bobby Watson, had just left. And Blakey was looking to replace him. And Winton said, well, my brother plays the saxophone. And Blakey said, well, does he play the alto? And uh, 
He said, yeah, I know he can play the alto. He, 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 you know, and Blakey says, well, that's what I need. And um, so um, long story short, Branford was hired, and he went back on this occasion to the alto saxophone. And you'll hear how incredible he is on that instrument. So that's one of the things that's special about this recording. The other people were regulars in the Jazz Messengers. See, Winton had been in the band for about uh, a year and a half. So Blakey was very, very happy to have this very, very talented young man in the band. And he was, of course, equally happy that uh, his brother uh, came in to this brief edition of the Jazz Messengers. The other people were... Um, a wonderful saxophone player from Boston by the name of Bill Pierce. And Bill is still active and, and very much alive. The pianist is the fabulous and underrated Donald Brown. And the bassist in this band is from uh, Philadelphia, one of the great younger bass players, Charles Fambro. And unfortunately, um, he died uh, far too young. Fambro was, uh, his nickname was Broski. Anyway, he was very well-loved and uh, a marvelous bass player. And, of course, Art Blakey on drums. So, basically, that, that is the personnel of the band. And uh, there's some wonderful tunes that they play. And this, all of this was issued on an album that came out on Concord Records called Keystone 3. Now... Just one more thing about this recording. The, the chemistry of the band was very special, and the tunes all work so, so beautifully, and the band is very, very well recorded, uh, so the sound quality is, is really good, too. So um, I know you'll enjoy the, hearing the music. It wasn't long after this recording that Branford and Winton and Charles Fambro uh, gave their notice to Art Blakey and left, and formed uh, a most famous band, the Winton Marcellus Quintet, and um, with Branford, Winton, Charles Fambro, pianist Kenny Kirkland, and drummer Jeff Watts. And they visited Vancouver. Many listeners may remember the Plazaz, which was uh, situated at a hotel just off the Lionsgate Bridge in North Vancouver. And... The Plazaz was uh, um, really brought in a lot of a lot of jazz. Sam Yahia was the promoter of that club, and uh, he brought in a lot of uh, fine people, including uh, the Winton Marcellus Quintet. And uh, they hung out with local musicians and uh, had a had a great time here in Vancouver. And this was not long after they had played with Art Blakey. Anyway, getting back to this recording, as I said, it was recorded in January of 1982. And uh, we open the set with a Thelonious Monk composition, uh, up-tempo version of Monk's dedication to Bud Powell called In Walk Bud. Then we feature Billy Pierce on tenor saxophone with a magnificent version of Duke Ellington's In a Sentimental Mood. Then we move to a composition by the former alto saxophonist Bobby Watson. And 
the title of this tune is called Fuller Love, but it, it also has an alternate title, and the alternate title is In Case You Missed It. So it's known under those two titles. Tune number four is a marvelous composition by Wynton Marcellus entitled Waterfalls, and that's one of the highlights of the whole set. And the final tune was written by trombonist Curtis Fuller, and that's one of his most famous compositions, and it's called Alamode. So we get to the music. Did we take you back to the legendary San Francisco club, the Keystone Corner? and this edition of Art Blakey's Jazz Messengers. Once again, Wynton Marcellus on trumpet, Branford Marcellus on alto saxophone, Bill Pierce on tenor saxophone, Donald Brown on piano, Charles Fambro on bass, and of course, the mighty fire stoker himself, Art Blakey on drums. We'll try that again. Well, I don't know what happened there. There was uh, We'll try this in uh, another CD player and see if it works. I hope. Hmm. I have no idea what's happening. We're just going to have to, uh, uh, hmm. This is a total mystery to me. All of a sudden, uh, there's no response from our players here. I have to find someone in the studio to help. Maybe, uh, I can place, I might be able to play something on this player, uh, to fill in until we get this problem solved here. Once we get the problem solved, then we can get back to the music. And uh, I'm going to have to uh, uh, get some help from somebody. All right. Take care. And uh, we'll be, we, should be, we should be back in a moment. All 
Okay, I think we've solved the problem, and I'm, I apologize for all the, all the chaos out there. And uh, I did get some, I, get, I got some uh, able help here. So I think we're back on track, and uh, we'll continue with the Art Blakey jazz feature. I had to, uh, we had to check it out to make sure it actually was going to work. So it obviously is. And so now we can continue with it. Here it is, Art Blakey, live at the Keystone Corner.
Thank you. 
And that was our jazz feature this evening. And I, I must apologize for the uh, um, those of you that were listening at the beginning of the show and, and heard my intro and all that kind of stuff, setting the whole thing up, and then all of a sudden um, it seemed the, uh, the CD players um, weren't working uh, for some mysterious reason, and uh, I still don't know what happened. However, uh, there managed to be a couple of knowledgeable people in the uh, studio, and uh, we finally <laughs> got to play uh, what we intended to play. So uh, these things happen, and this is live radio, so it's, um, uh, you know, you can't edit these things out when they happen. It's like, woo, it's happening now. It's not like the CBC, which, uh, of course, they make all kinds of bloopers on, on most radio stations, and uh, they can edit them down because then everything goes to tape, and it's all perfect. Um, that's the wonderful thing about CITR is that it's, uh, we're far from perfect, but we're lots of fun. So anyway, um, again, um, the chaos was totally uh, unpredictable, and I had no idea what happened, and uh, I'll never know, probably, but uh, at least we got it back in working order again. So, ah, yes. So, uh, we get to what we just finished hearing, and it's an album called Keystone 3. And it's the only recording of Art Blakey and his jazz messengers with the two most prominent Marcellus brothers. And I'm talking about Winton Marcellus, of course, on trumpet, and his brother Branford, his uh, year, one-year-older brother, uh, on alto saxophone. And, uh, of course, he uh, certainly could... Uh, had the facility and um, quite a unique sound on uh, on his uh, alto saxophone. He's better known, of course, as playing the larger tenor saxophone and the soprano saxophone, but he did start out, as most uh, uh, aspiring saxophone players do, on the alto. And um, so when Art Blakey's regular alto saxophonist had left uh, the band, uh, Blakey was looking for a replacement, and Winton said, well, um, my brother Branford um, can play the alto. Um, and uh, Branford got his alto out of mothballs and uh, joined the band. And, of course, uh, the rest is history, and this album is the only uh, representation of the two Marcellus brothers in Art Blakey's Jazz Messengers. The other saxophonist is the very wonderful Bill Pierce, who played tenor saxophone. Uh, Bill is originally from Boston. He's still very active, as is pianist Donald Brown and um, bassist Charles Fambro was uh, a prize catch for Art Blakey. Very, very fine bass player from uh, Philadelphia, and unfortunately, Fambro died far too young. Great bass player. And on drums, of course, was the mighty Art Blakey. And, of course, this was a very special edition of the Jazz Messengers, recorded at the legendary San Francisco Jazz Club, the Keystone Corner, in January of 1982. And that's why the album was called Keystone 3. We began the set with, um, once we got going, with uh, Thelonious Monk's In Walk But, taken at a much faster tempo than Monk normally played it. And then we moved to uh, a ballad feature for 
tenor saxophonist Bill Pierce, and we heard the very beautiful Duke Ellington tune in a sentimental mood. We followed that with a Bobby Watson composition that uh, was part of the band's repertoire at the time, a tune called Fuller Love, and it's also known as In Case You Missed It. It has two titles, so uh, either one works. That was tune number three. Tune number four was a very intriguing original composition by Wynton Marcellus entitled Waterfalls. And the final tune was a wonderful composition that uh, an earlier rendition of, um, or an earlier edition of Art Blakey's Jazz Messengers played. And uh, that stayed in the Messengers repertoire. It's a tune by Curtis Fuller, and it was entitled A La Mode. So once again, the two Marcellus brothers, Winton and Branford on trumpet and alto saxophone, respectively, Bill Pierce on tenor saxophone, Donald Brown on piano, Charles Fambro on bass, and the late, great Art Blakey on drums. And this is our first jazz feature um, for the month of May on drummer leaders. And uh, every jazz feature will be a drummer leader. And so I thought I'd um, spotlight one of the most prominent drummer leaders, and that, of course, was the great Art Blakey. You are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer for live streaming, CITR.ca. We have a few announcements to make for you, and uh, we'll be right back with some more jazz music. My name's Gavin Walker, by the way. Are you a friend of ours who loves to get discounts? Come down to CITO, deals and you can count. We've partnered with some local businesses. So come down to us to get your card before it's too late. As a member of CITR Discord, you get amazing deals with some of Vancouver's finest local businesses, such as Corner's Pub, Australian Boot Company, The Bike Kitchen, Rufus Guitar Shop, Vinyl Records, and The Cinematech. For more information, visit citr.ca forward slash friends. The Crane Library is looking for student volunteers to record textbooks for those who cannot use print at the university. If you are a UBC student who is computer literate with an ability to read university material aloud and you have a willingness to learn new techniques, we ask for a two-hour commitment once a week. For additional information and to set up an edition, call 604-822-6114 or email crane.volunteer at ubc.ca. My name is DP. I'm a CITR volunteer community member, and I have been for seven years. The radio thing happened because uh, I thought it, that it was really cool. It's just me and the mic, and that's it. What is Access Day? It's where we acknowledge accessibility and how we can promote accessibility, not only on radio, but in our daily life. What is special about this year's Access Day? It's the fifth. It's, a, <laughs> it's the fifth. You know, it's big. And uh, last year, we had across Canada participating. 
it's great to see other stations being a part of this special occasion. On Thursday, May 16th, head to your local community radio station and tune in to Access Day 2019, anytime between 9 a.m. and 7 p.m. PST. some really good news on the weather front of course we're really into some nice weather and it's going to last yes it is going to last it's not just going to be for two or three days it's uh, going to be all week and um, yeah it's here spring leading into summer and all that sort of stuff and uh, get the sunscreen out and the flip-flops and the <laughs> t-shirts and shorts and all that kind of stuff and uh, uh, you know I, I saw people wearing stuff like that in the winter time too however this is the season so tonight is going to be clear with uh, a little bit of wind uh, near the water and a low of 10 tomorrow will be sunny with a little bit of wind close to the water, with a low of 10 and highs between 19 and 24. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all calling for sunny weather. There's not a cloud in the sky. Yeah. Solid sunshine, with uh, lows down to about between 10 and 12, and highs actually between... I would say 21 and 27, Ooh, depending on where you are. So that's basically the forecast right through, right through Sunday and maybe into even next week. Mm-hmm. Good weather. You are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or, of course, on your trusty computer for live streaming, www.citr.ca. Here's a band that was comprised of the two Montgomery brothers. Now, many people have heard of the great guitarist, Wes Montgomery, but there were other Montgomery brothers. There was Monk Montgomery, who played the one of the pioneers of the electric bass, and um, he was doing that back in the mid-50s before uh, many, many people. And so Monk had a wonderful concept on the electric bass. We're going to hear him with Buddy Montgomery, who was a genius on the piano. And in this case, he's playing vibes only. So Monk Montgomery on electric bass, Brother Buddy on vibes. Both of these gentlemen were from Indianapolis, Indiana. And they headed out to San Francisco and hooked up with a piano player by the name of Richie Crabtree, who also was a very, very good arranger, and the legendary San Francisco drummer, Benny Barth. And um, they formed a band called The Master Sounds. And uh, this band played 
several times uh, in Vancouver, the Montgomery Brothers. This particular band came up here and played at the original Jazz Cellar um, at Broadway and uh, between Main and Kingsway. That was, and they um, became friendly with all the local uh, Vancouver jazz players at the time, and, and uh, they, this was almost a second home for them. So the Master Sounds uh, recorded a number of very fine albums for uh, Pacific Jazz Records, and um, they eventually um, um, broke up and, and became the Montgomery Brothers, and uh, with their brother Wes joining the band on guitar and some, some other changes. Um, however, here are the Master Sounds, and this is one of their finest albums. It's the Master Sounds play the music of Horace Silver, and of course Horace Silver, one of the finest and most individual jazz pianists, was also a great composer, and we're going to hear... Um, a couple of Horace's too. Actually, we're going to hear three tunes. We're going to open with um, a tune called Carol," and that's actually Horace, <laughs> spelled backwards. That's one of um, Horace Silver's wonderful compositions. Then uh, we're going to hear one of his most famous, uh, dedicated to the jazz baroness, Nika Rothschild, and we're going to hear Nika's Dream, as played by the Master Sounds. And the final tune is another Horace Silver composition that was uh, very popular with uh, uh, jazz guys, and that's a tune called Doodlin'. So three tunes by Horace Silver played by the Master Sounds. Once again, Monk Montgomery, electric bass, Buddy Montgomery on vibes, Richie Crabtree on piano, and Benny Barth on drums. The music of Horace Silver.
We heard three tunes by a group that was known as the Master Sounds, and that included Monk Montgomery on electric bass, Brother Buddy on vibes, and both of them were the brothers of Wes Montgomery, right from uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. Richie Crabtree on piano and Benny Barth on drums. The two Montgomery brothers first moved to San Francisco to... uh, basically um, get more gigs, and and they formed this band and uh, recorded several albums for um, Pacific Jazz and uh, Fantasy Records and were a very, very popular group, and the future looked uh, pretty rosy with them. And this album, I think, is one of their very best, and this was the final album before the... uh, this band broke up, and then the two Montgomery brothers formed an alliance with their brother Wes, and of course went on to become the Montgomery Brothers Band, etc., etc. Anyway, this band was called the Master Sounds at the time, and as I said, they were very popular and and uh, quite a delightful band. We heard three compositions by Horace Silver, a great piano player and composer, and that's the title of the album, The Master Sounds Play Horace Silver. So we opened with um, Icaro was the first tune, and oh, this is a night of glitches, isn't it? Because uh, I made a mistake on that. I was looking at the CD player, and I banged it. <laughs> so we had to start the tune over again, which wasn't too bad. So we heard, um, eventually heard the full length of the tune Icaro. Then we move to um, Horace Silver's composition dedicated to the jazz baroness, Nika Rothschild, called Nika's Dream. And the final tune we heard was the delightful, uh, uh, slow, bluesy thing called Doodlin'. The music of Horace Silver, Icaro, Nika's Dream, and Doodlin', played by the Master Sounds. Yes, you are listening to 
The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or, of course, on your trusty computer for live streaming, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and a couple of websites I would like to mention. Of course, all of the artists that are coming to this year's Jazz Festival have been announced, and um, you can find out and look at the whole schedule and decide who you want to hear, where you want to go, and how you want to deal with this year's um, huge jazz festival. And it's all online. And uh, you can purchase tickets. You can do all that kind of stuff um, by going to the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society, which is coastaljazz.ca. Simple as that. And if you're, of course, if you've been down to um, the wonderful club Frankie's, Frankie's Jazz Club down on Beatty Street, um, they have a, a schedule of performances down there. And, and uh, Frankie's, of course, is programmed by the redoubtable Corey Weeds, who uh, is sort of does everything, <laughs> not only as a fantastic uh, musician, but... Uh, He's got a record label. Um, he's the man of many parts and a whole lot of energy. And he programs all the music at Frankie's uh, for the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. And uh, the schedule of Frankie's, of course, is on that website. And you can book a table, find out who you want to hear, etc., etc. All that kind of stuff is on that very comprehensive website. That's coastaljazz.ca. Also, um, another fine website is VancouverJazz.com, and that's put together by Brian Nation, and it's kept uh, up to date, lots of interesting stuff on that website as well. So, the big one, CoastalJazz.ca, and, well, the equally big one is VancouverJazz.com. And I always like to mention Pat's Pub down in the Vancouver Downtown East Side in the historic Patricia Hotel. Every Saturday afternoon, they have some very, very, very fine jazz music there, uh, played by some of our finest musicians. And of course, there are other jazz events that uh, happen at Pat's Pub as well that are scheduled on different nights. But Saturday afternoons from 3 to 7 is very popular. And it's always full down there, and so many great musicians perform at Pat's Pub every Saturday afternoon. And the nice thing about it is that there is absolutely, and never has been, a cover charge. And uh, so, you know, if you're short on on cash um, and just want to nurse a beer or whatever, you can do that at Pat's Pub. And uh, the music is great, uh, the, the, the atmosphere it's just fine. There's plenty of parking down there. It's uh, even though it's in uh, the downtown east side of Vancouver, it, it's quite safe down there as well. So that's it. Saturday afternoons from three to seven at Pat's Pub. We're going to turn now to a recording by the great Buck Clayton. This was done during the early days of the LP back in the mid '50s. And Columbia Records got the idea to uh, hold, um, they got the idea from other labels, 
But they decided um, to hire someone like Buck Clayton, uh, who was a a wonderful trumpeter uh, who played with Count Basie's band. And and, uh, he was from an earlier era in jazz. And they asked Buck to assemble a group of like-minded musicians and to have a very disciplined jam session. And that's what, um, that's what happened. Uh, Buck uh, got a whole bunch of wonderful musicians together, and they simply just played. Uh, they worked out some simple arrangements. All these men here had, had experience in big bands, so they knew um, without a lot of rehearsal how to play together and, and, and cohere. So it wasn't a big sort of seamless mess like uh, some jam sessions can uh, devolve into. Um, and everything worked out beautifully. And uh, these are rather classic recordings. So the two trumpet players on here, the leader, Buck Clayton, the other trumpet uh, trumpeter here is the great Joe Newman. And, of course, Joe also played uh, with the Basie Band. Irby Green is on trombone, one of the finest trombone players uh, in in the business, and Henderson Chambers, another very fine trombonist. So two trombones, Irby Green and Henderson Chambers. On alto saxophone, a unique individual who who combined an older sound with uh, some of the ideas of, of Charlie Parker. And so he was kind of one of these in-between players. Um, he, he was a, a modern player, and yet he was a traditional player. His name, one of my favorites, Lem Davis. And another great player from the Erskine Hawkins Orchestra, uh, one of the finest gentlemen ever to put a tenor saxophone in his mouth, Julian Dash. And on baritone saxophone, uh, he was a mainstay in the Basie Orchestra in the 50s, Charlie Folks on baritone saxophone. On piano, Sir Charles Thompson. On rhythm guitar, Freddie Green. On bass, Walter Page. And on drums, Papa Joe Jones. Now, Freddie Green, Walter Page, Papa Joe Jones made up the All-American Rhythm Section, as they were affectionately known in those days. So we're going to hear a tune uh, that was written by Fats Waller and Andy Razaf called Christopher Columbus. And this is Buck Clayton and his ensemble.
That's it. A rather lengthy but wonderful jam session recorded for Columbia Records way back in December of 1953. And as I mentioned before, Columbia was uh, enjoying the fact that the um, LP was happening, and that allowed um, musicians to um, come in, especially jazz musicians, uh, to come in and actually extend uh, performances rather than stick to a, a three or ba- or four minute format and uh, conduct um, longer performances. And Columbia got the bright idea to invite um, some musicians from an earlier generation who had uh, uh, grown up in big bands and uh, put them together and just have a, a disciplined jam session. And that's, that's what you heard. One of the pieces. And that was all under the uh, auspices of the great trumpeter Buck Clayton, who was heard along with uh, another trumpet player, Joe Newman. And, of course, both of them had a history in the Count Basie band. So Buck Clayton, Joe Newman... We heard Irby Green and Henderson Chambers on trombones. We heard Lem Davis on alto saxophone, the great Julian Dash on tenor saxophone, Charlie Folks on baritone saxophone, and Sir Charles Thompson playing both the celesta and the piano. And, of course, the All-American Rhythm Section. Freddie Green on guitar, Walter Page on bass, and Papa Joe Jones on drums. And the piece of music we heard was composed by Fats Waller and his uh, buddy Andy Razaf, and that was entitled Christopher Columbus. And, of course, um, as I mentioned before, all these uh, gentlemen had big band experiences, and um, they could um, sound, without a whole lot of rehearsal, they could sound very together and uh, uh, very coherent as they did on this recording. So I hope you enjoyed that uh, lengthy performance by the Buck Clayton All-Stars. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM. 101.9 on your FM dial. And, of course, on your computer, www.citr.ca for live streaming. My name's Gavin Walker. And we're going to present now a musician. I was looking forward to this album. I was talking a little earlier uh, before we heard the Buck Clayton thing about uh, uh, Corey Weeds. And, of course, uh, Corey is a wonderful musician. He is also um, an entrepreneur. He also um, programs the music at, uh, at Frankie's. And he has his own jazz label, which is Seller Live. And he just did a recording. He took uh, one of our finest musicians here, tenor saxophonist Mike Allen. 
and uh, he set up this particular recording, which was done at the legendary Rudy Van Gelder Recording Studios in New Jersey. And um, Mike was originally going to do a quartet date uh, with tenor saxophone, piano, bass, and drums, and he decided that he didn't want to do that. He wanted to do, do this recording with just bass and drums. And the bassist and drummer were two of the finest on the planet right now. And I'm talking about Peter Washington on bass and on drums, the incredible Lewis Nash. So both of these gentlemen performed with Mike Allen, and there was very little rehearsal. Um, Mike, of course, uh, brought in a few original compositions that they had to run down uh, just to make sure that everybody knew, but basically a lot of the tunes were tunes that um, didn't require a whole bunch of rehearsal or anything like that, and the album came off beautifully. As Mike states in the liner notes, everything was done in one or two takes, And uh, the album is appropriately titled Just Like Magic. And it features, of course, Mike Allen on tenor saxophone, Peter Washington on bass, and Louis Nash on drums. And we're going to sample a couple of tunes, three tunes, I think, from this uh, album. The first one is a Duke Pearson composition. Duke Pearson, of course, was a pianist, band leader. And uh, he wrote this tune. It's called Big Bertha. And the second tune is a Mike Allen composition called Klondike. And then we're going to hear a John Coltrane composition called Miles Mode. So these three tunes, played by one of our finest resident musicians, Mike Allen on tenor saxophone. Thank you. 
tenor saxophonist Mike Allen. Mike, of course, lives right here in Vancouver, and uh, this was a wonderful opportunity for him to uh, work with a couple of uh, incredible musicians, Peter Washington on bass and Louis Nash on drums. And um, it was uh, Corey Weeds, of course, that arranged for Mike to uh, fly to New York City and then go to out to Englewood Cliffs, New Jersey, to the legendary studio of Rudy Van Gelder, which is still being, of course, uh, run and opened by um, Maureen and Don Sickler. They are um, the current owners uh, of the Van Gelder studio. But, of course, so much incredible music um, has been played and recorded in that studio, and, and I know that it inspired Mike um, to do this album. And as he mentioned in the liner notes um, of this uh, recording, which has been issued on Cellar Live, Mike um, and Peter and, and Lewis, um, they ran down a couple of his original tunes, but basically all the tunes were done in uh, one or two takes. And, of course, Mike was uh, especially inspired to... Uh, play and record in that studio and, of course, play with musicians of the caliber of Peter Washington and Louis Nash. So we heard three tunes from this brand new album. The album is entitled Just Like Magic, and it is available on Cellar Live. All you have to do is uh, Google Cellar Live, and you can see the catalog, and this album is now currently available and for sale. Mike Allen one of our finest musicians, and he lives right here in Vancouver. The tunes we heard, um, the first one was entitled Big Bertha, written by Duke Pearson. The second tune was uh, an original by Mike Allen called Klondike. And the third tune was uh, a classic John Coltrane composition entitled Miles Mode. Just like magic, Mike Allen. Hope you enjoyed that, and we'll be hearing more from this uh, magnificent album. We're going to turn now to an instrument that was uh, somewhat neglected in modern jazz, but there have been a few virtuosos on that instrument. And I think the man that really translated the language of Charlie Parker to the clarinet was none other than the late, great, Buddy DeFranco, and he's heard here with his quartet with the legendary Sonny Clark at the piano, Eugene Wright on bass, and Bobby White on drums. And we're going to hear a couple of tunes um, from this album. It's called In a Mellow Mood, and really the, the music um, on here isn't particularly mellow but that's the title of the album. It was recorded back in the 50s. And uh, Buddy DeFranco, of course, is just uh, one of the finest musicians ever to pick up the clarinet. And uh, incredible player. He lived uh, right into his 90s and uh, um, was said to have practiced every day of his life. 
and uh, kept up his chops on uh, on the clarinet, which can be a very, very demanding instrument. So this is the tune. The first tune um, is credited to Sonny Clark, but it's... Um, it's one of those tunes that uh, I think everybody plays. Who knows who wrote it? Uh, it's kind of a jazz classic, but Sonny calls it the bright one. The second tune is definitely a Sonny Clark original, and it's entitled Sonny's Idea. So here then is the Buddy DeFranco Quartet. Once again, Buddy on clarinet. Sonny Clark on piano, Eugene Wright on bass, and Bobby White on drums. Thank you. 
One of the great virtuosos of the clarinet was Buddy DeFranco. And uh, we heard him here on two tunes uh, with his working quartet of the time. And it's from an album that uh, was issued back in the 50s called In a Mellow Mood. But the tunes we heard weren't exactly mellow. Um, but they were absolutely uh, great and exciting. And Buddy DeFranco was the man who translated the language of Charlie Parker to the clarinet. Because uh, the clarinet was um, pretty well neglected by modern jazz musicians. And uh, Buddy DeFranco specialized in that instrument, as you could hear. And he appeared here with uh, Sonny Clark on piano, who um, wrote um, the last tune that we just heard called Sonny's Idea, Uh, Eugene Wright on bass, and Bobby White on drums. And that was Buddy's working quartet of the time. The first tune actually is known as the theme um, but it was retitled um, with a slight, a couple of variations and credited to uh, Sonny Clark, and he called it The Bright One. And, um, yeah, that first tune, lengthy tune that we heard. And the second tune was definitely uh, a Sonny Clark original entitled Sonny's Idea, featuring Buddy DeFranco on clarinet, amazing player. We're going to turn now to a wonderful organ player. And her name is Shirley Scott. Now, Shirley always recorded, although she could um, play bass lines uh, by herself on the Hammond organ, she always preferred to record with a bass player. And um, she always picked good ones. And in this case, uh, she picked George Duvivier, one of the finest bass players ever to grace the planet, and Arthur Edgehill on drums, and of course, Shirley Scott on the Hammond organ. And we're going to hear her do Duke Ellington, well, not Duke Ellington's tune, but it's a tune um, associated with the Duke Ellington Orchestra, written by Juan Teasall, Ellington's trombone player, and it's called... You guessed it, Caravan. Thank you. 
The great Philadelphia-born Hammond organist Shirley Scott doing Caravan and backed up ably by bassist George DeVivier and drummer Arthur Edgehill. Mm-hmm. Shirley Scott, truly a legendary musician. Speaking of legendary musicians, here is um, a band led by drummer Louis Hayes, and it features two incredible players originally from Memphis, and I'm talking about one of my very favorite alto saxophonists, Frank Strozier, who unfortunately does not play anymore, but I'm told that he is still with us. Um, He just doesn't perform anymore, but Harold Mayburn certainly does. Uh, Mabes is still alive and and well, was recently here in Vancouver uh, playing at, uh, at Frankie's. And Mayburn is in his 80s, and uh, he's one of the seven wonders of the world. He still he has has the same energy as he has when he uh, when he was a young man, and um, is an incredible musician. Anyway, he's the pianist here. Cecil McBee, uh, who is still very much with us, is on bass, um, and of course, the leader of the band, Lewis Hayes, on drums, who is of course here and performing, and uh, still a vital part of the music. Here's two tunes that this uh, legendary quartet um, performs. One of them is a classic written by Marvin Gaye, and it's a jazz version of What's Going On. And the second tune is uh, one of Frank Strozier's favorite uh, standard tunes, and that's the famous uh, uh, composition by Bronislaw Caper entitled Invitation. So here then, the Lewis Hayes Quartet. Thank you. 
Those two selections were by a group of four incredible musicians led by drummer Louis Hayes. And on alto saxophone, the great Frank Strozier. On piano, Harold Mayburn. And on bass, Cecil McBee. And we heard two tunes. We heard the um, Marvin Gaye composition, What's Going On? And we followed that with uh, a piece of music, a standard tune, entitled Invitation. The unique sounds of uh, the Lewis Hayes Quartet featuring Frank Strozier on alto saxophone. So ends another version and another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or, of course, on your trusty computer for live streaming, CITR.ca. And, uh, well, we had a few uh, strange kind of glitches this evening on the show, but, uh, well, that's over and done with, and uh, certainly hope that you were able to bear with those, and um, mostly at the beginning of the show, and uh, carry on until uh, right now. And we thank you very much for uh, lending us uh, an ear, and we'll be back Next week, same time, same station. To coin the old cliche, and we hope that you enjoy the incredible weather that uh, we are having and will have for, as far as I know, the rest of the week. So, ending another edition of The Jazz Show, and I'm your host, Gavin Walker, and we'll see you in seven days' time. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye.
Thank you.